Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, the safe space created for Black women by Black women to strip away the taboo of talking about mental health. You'll hear from mental health professionals and advocates as well as Black women sharing their experiences as we break down the complexities, explore ways to heal, and support each other. My name is Ashley, I'm your host. Whether you're a seasoned regular or this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for your support. Now let's get into today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. My name is Ashley. I'm your host. I'm really excited for today's episode. I have my friend, actually, um, before I introduce her. So I'm really excited today for, for multiple reasons. One, we're doing a live episode, which is really exciting. This is something that we just started doing. And my guest has been gracious enough to allow us to actually film in her house. So this is actually super exciting. But my guest and I, uh, her name is Nikki, Nikki Taylor, and we actually met doing something that we both love to do, which is working out. So um, we met at the gym, I want to say maybe a couple months ago, something like maybe a couple weeks ago. Yeah, months, about months, a month. About a month ago. Um, we had been working working out at the gym, and I'm, I tend to be a shy person, and Nikki was like very welcoming, and we found out that we both played basketball back in the day, and Nikki was like in this first wave of like really super talented uh, athletes that came out of the States and played overseas. And as a former basketball player myself, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. Anyway, so eventually we started talking and I told her I had a podcast. And of course, she was all for coming on the podcast. So Nikki, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And yes, it was absolutely a special moment because let me throw the claws out. Ashley and I are probably the only black women that go to yes, uh, our are. wonderful burn boot camp, which is a very high intense 45 minutes of just kick you in your butt um, where you can burn anywhere from what, 300 to 400 oh, calories. A lot. In that. Oh my a goodness. Lot. We do a lot of exciting <laughs> things, but of course I noticed her because she was a beautiful black woman and, um, you know, I just moved here as she did to Tampa and, um, you know, just opened up and, and, you know, I was myself and introduced myself anytime I see another black woman, I'm going to do that. That's, that's where I, what I feel is important. And we had so much in common. Yeah. I mean, she's, I'm always usually the tallest person in the room, but she was definitely the tallest person. <laughs> and then we have this commonality in basketball, you know, she played in college and, you know, me going overseas and having the opportunity to play. And, but most important, really just being um, Black women and just really trying to find a common denominator. I, you know, I always say to her, I asked her, how old are you? Because when I tell people <laughs> my age, they're like, what the heck? You know, but um, I had told her, yeah, I just turned 54 and I feel so great. And she was like, wow, you just have so much energy. Yeah. And then we at started. At the end of yeah, class. You had energy. Yeah, we, at the end of class. And then we just started really talking about um, very important things that I felt were comfortable. I was okay talking with it. Mental health, yeah. happiness, wellness. And she told me about her, her podcast. And I was so excited because that's absolutely a topic that I love to dialogue on, have some great open conversation about. So, yes, yeah. yes. And so once I met Nikki and we talked about the podcast, I mean, she has 
lots of great ideas. So I'm hoping she'll be back on the podcast later on. But for today, before we dive into deep stuff, Nikki, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So I always like to identify myself as a 54-year-old female, Black female, a mom first, um, a wife. Um, I have three sons, Nicholas. I have twins, Mark and Matthew, that are 21 years old. Um, I I did share with you Nicholas plays basketball. He just got back from Bosnia. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my oldest twin, Matthew, he's like his mom. He's very adventurous. He uh, is on a boat for the Discovery Channel and traveling Mm -hmm. up the Swiss Canal. He's in Costa Rica. And then Mark is the baby. Uh, He's in Indiana finding his way working and gave credit to his stepfather the other day we almost cried it was like Aww. you know all of what you told me and what what Roland told me you know I just they, they love me because I have good work ethic and I watched you guys have that so so those are my boys and now we're empty nesters uh, here in Tampa I'm a professional and I uh, work in high technology for a fintech company so I've been and outside of playing basketball, I've been in a recruiter. If I wasn't playing basketball, I was a recruiter. And this will excite people. I actually was a recruiter doing the, the Kosovo incident. So now we have the, oh, wow. you know, the incident with the poor people in Ukraine. But I started my career um, overseas in Italy wow. in the off season as a recruiter um, during the Kosovo incident. So mm-hmm. I've expanded out into technology and have so much to talk about so we're going to do probably more than one one talk probably because we'll probably get yeah. into a whole bunch of other things but tonight i'm just so delighted that you've uh, asked me to come and kind of share some of my perspective but i think the one thing that really um, um really shocked you i guess when we talked is that i said something so profound and you know, we talked about Black women um, suffering from mental illness, and I shared with you that I had been in a state of depression for like 10 years, but today I wake up happy every single day, and I am I look at life, I'm motivated, and I take charge, and I think we got into like, well, how did that, all that happen? So yeah. hopefully we'll be able to tell the viewers some of the things that really have yes. helped me to transition into this this uh, happy powerhouse black woman. How's that? Yes, I love that. Happy powerhouse black woman. Maybe that's going to be the title of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Changing the title now. But um, I, yeah, that is, that was something that I actually went home and told my husband. And it's like, she said something today that I don't think I've heard any black woman say, which is I'm at peace. Like I wake up, I'm happy and I'm at peace. And that just like really stuck with me because I don't hear it a lot, but I also don't hear about, like, how did you get to this point? Right. Like, I don't think anybody really wakes up there every day of their life yeah. in that place. But, I mean, I'm sure there were some trials and tribulations, and maybe still are, but for Absolutely. you to be able to work, to wake up and be in a position where, you know, even handling wherever your mental health may be now, to right. be, you know, waking up in the morning and to be feeling a sense of peace. Right. Is, I think, a goal for a lot of people. Well, it's a great question. And I'll segue into something that's a key factor. You, you use the word handling. So I think that a lot of times um, we have a tendency to really not understand where we are and what our ebb and flow is. And some of the, uh, as women, of course, some of the, you know, uh, female 
issues might affect us, like hormonal. Yeah. Um, and then also the things that we um, present into our life have a really great impact on our mental health. Uh, my husband, Roland, and I have a, 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 a real profound statement within our existence, and that is we do not let anything in, invade our peace. Like our home is we have found that once we moved out or pushed out all the things that were uh, traumatizing to our well-being and our mental health and even our physical health, because we're going to talk about that, I think. I think you're going to ask me an important question. I'm going to answer it with some great tips for I'm ready for you <laughs> on how to maintain not only your physical health, but most importantly, your mental health. Right. So it, it has been um, a life-changing event, and I'm ready to journey into it and perhaps maybe reach out and help somebody else, like find some tools. Mm -hmm. It's like Felix the cat. You got to have that black, that magic bag of tricks. And, <laughs> but you, but first of all, let's, let's just state it for the record. You've got to be able to understand what, what, who you are, where you come from, what are those triggering points? Um, and what are those things that uh, put you in those states? The traumas. Right. Ooh, right. That, that's another series too, right? We talked about trauma. Yeah like going, growing up and, and some of the traumas that we suffer from and that shape and mold our thoughts and that they don't help us to be very happy if we don't address them. Right. So yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where we'll, we'll stick today and talk about some of the things that do make us happy. Yes, yes. So as you said, I know you mentioned earlier that there was a period of time where you were in, you were depressed in yeah. a long period of time. 10 years. Can you talk a little bit about like what it looked like to, at the end of that 10 years? What did it look like? For oh you? my God. How did you come out of that? So first of all, medication free. Um, I, I think I shared with you, I wake up every single day um, and I don't have to take any medication. Okay. I'm not, um, you know, I'm fortunate that I'm 54 years old. I don't have high blood pressure. I don't have diabetes. I don't suffer from any anxiety where I have to take a pill to keep me in a controlled mechanism state to help me control my reactions and, and different things like that. So I think that at the end of that journey, what I really saw was, hey, uh, this is Nikki Taylor and I really like her. So I like me. Um, I suffer from depression from the fact that there were times in my life where I just absolutely did not like who I was. I absolutely did not know who I was. And so I think um, the journey always begins with some sort of trauma that, you know, so I, you know, I put some dates down. I tried to go back um, in 2005, you know, that kind of was my, my life where I was just living and, you know, uh, raising my kids, had went through a major, major divorce, um, um, had twins that were very, very ill. I had twins um, and they were born at 28 weeks. And one of my twins was born missing two parts of his heart. So you go ahead and try that one off for size. So uh, my son, Mark Anthony, um, is the youngest twin. They call him twin B and twin A is Matthew Alexander. Um, they just, my pregnancy was not healthy because I was going through some emotional stuff. And that, that'll tell you about the physical that affects the mental and, and the mental that affects the physical. So 
just suffering, really, really suffering, trying to come into my existence as a single parent, um, losing a marriage that you thought would last forever, but, you know, um, you know, just really trying to, to find out where I was. And then also trying to provide for my children and, and create an existence to where I wouldn't, I had this determination in my mind that I went, didn't want to be a statistic. Right. I wanted to work hard and and be able to provide my sons uh, with a good life. So remember we talked about the other day how we overcompensate. Yeah. And so I, I was the, the, the chick who worked and built a career um, and climbed the ladder and had to do a lot of different, oh, mental anguish. Yes. In corporate America, uh, coming into my career, it was not, it was a male uh Caucasian dominant industry. And, you know, I had some people who really took me under their wings and helped me, but just the trauma that I suffered from the death of my brother, the marriage, raising the kids, trying to establish my career, and then really just trying to find me. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, I suffered. I yeah. suffered to a point where, you know, uh, I made a list for you because I wanted everybody to listen that um, in 2007, when my brother died, uh, Benjamin, Carl Benjamin, died of a brain aneurysm at age 40. Oh, it shocked me. But he died of the brain aneurysm because he ignored his high blood pressure. So remember we talked about our health and how important it is for us to take care of ourselves. So I was really like just devastated. Such a great person such a wonderful person. And then the way he died, it traumatized me because he truly suffered, uh, you know, through his, his uh, mental illness as well and, and through his lack of taking care of himself. So it, it traumatized me. That was the trauma in 2007 that set in and missing him, you know, um, trying to understand that was kind of like my real first loss in death. Like people are traumatized by death. Um, so for my family and for me, that was kind of like the, the first death. Yeah. Well, Nikki, I just want to to dive in. I know, I mean, the, you're touching on different points mm -hmm. in your life where trauma was really high, you know, mm -hmm. whether it was physical yes, trauma, absolutely. mental trauma, dealing with grief. At those times, was your mental health like kind of even on your radar? Was that something that no, was talked about? No, absolutely not. And yeah. that's, a, that again, that, that's very keen that you'll bring that up because, you know, one of the things that we do as African-American people is we have not allowed ourselves to dive into that part of our health, let alone the pressure, the sugar, and the, you know, yeah. the high blood pressure, the diabetes, yeah. name that. And we still aren't facing that, but we also aren't facing the things that will affect our mental health. Right. The food that we uh, eat. Yeah. Also the environment, you know, um, research into true happiness, according to a Harvard study I was reading, a 75 year period concluded that people who we surround ourselves with, as well as our acceptance into society can have a very positive effect on our physical and our mental health, and it helps us to live longer. Yeah. People you surround yourself with. So think about that. Yeah. Has that changed for you now, like, as far as who you surround yourself Absolutely. with, who you communicate with? Like, how has that changed yeah. in the yeah. past maybe five years? So, so coming to the existence of realizing who I was, I'm an empath. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so my spirit is usually the helper, yeah. the, the giver. I get that from you. Yeah. Yeah. The give, 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 give. Yeah. Always the person who's going to give you the shirt off my back. Always the person who's going to work uh, with the youth at church and do the Bible study and do this and set everything up to help. And so you have to really make sure that you surround yourself with people who are appreciative. Because even though that's your role in life, and me and God have had some intimate conversations, like, why me? Lord, why do I have to always be the helper? Why can't I be the one who receives? But that is my position, and I realize that, actually, that that's where God has me at. But you have to set some boundaries, Ooh, boundaries in order to yes. be healthy. Yes. And so um, you have to really understand what your ebb and flow is and what um, makes you tick what what's going to set you off what's going to take you into that reactive stage of spiraling into depression right and so now like you've gone through these tumultuous times in life and you, you had a span of 10 years that you were depressed and how has you know your boundaries changed how have your boundaries changed since that. They've changed a great deal because number one, I have to protect my uh, my spirit. Um, I have to really be careful with the people that that are going that I'm going to surround myself by because when you're an empath and, and you're that light that God has chosen to bridge gaps and help people, you can be used in a lot of ways, and you have to recognize when people don't have your best interest. You might have their best interest, but believe it or not, there are people um, actually who don't have your best interest and they're takers. Mm -hmm. And they're always going to be tape takers and they're also manipulators. And so um, someone once said, uh, you have to really, uh, Maya Angelou said, a person will show you who they are. You just have to believe be willing that. to accept it, yeah, and 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 believe that okay, that's who they are, mm -hmm. and not make excuses. So that that's really what has changed within me at fifty four, as opposed to ten years ago when I was forty four or forty, and really not understanding um, mental health at all. Right, just not even that word didn't even exist for us. Mental health. What existed for us was going to a practitioner, like a family doctor, mm -hmm. and them saying, hey, you know, we've got some samples of this latest medicine. So let me give you my list. So in that span of 10 years, I've been on Zoloft, Lexapro, Paxil, Seroquel, Prozac, Lorazepam, which is Ativan, Lorazepam, which is Xanax and a few others that um, were happened to be the ha hottest product on, you know, in the doctor's office. Oh, let's try her on this. And what I have found out is that those medications only heightened the depression. And, and there were instances where that medication also got into a suicidal mode right. where you become um, very, uh, you know, in a state of, I don't, I can't handle this anymore. You get suicidal. That's right. very dangerous, right? extremely dangerous. So. And so when you, as you kind of made your way from trying different medications and working with your doctor, I know I've taught, I've spoken a lot about medications and kind of like my view, but yeah. I also understand for some people it works, but for some people it doesn't work. Yeah. And so I think when you realize that it doesn't work, 
and you, it seems like you did kind of go through a long list of, yep, of different yep, things. Long list. Was it a conscious decision at, at that point to say, look, I had to talk to your practitioner and say, I don't want to be on medication anymore. What else can I do? Or how did you get off the medication? It was a conscious decision for me. I didn't advise with the doctor. Most people I wouldn't advise to do this. But for me, I was in tune with my body and knowing that um, this was not a good route for me. And, and one um, intriguing moment, one very memorable moment was um, when I had decided to go tur cold turkey and flush, flush the medication down is it's really weird. I tried to describe it to my sister one time, but I actually felt like inside of my brain, like I could hear my receptors clicking, like, like mm. kind of connecting back in because what happens is it's a chemical illusion. That's what I call it. When you take medication, it's either going to be a serotonin re-up or something that's going to, um, and heighten your dopamine yeah. or, uh, something that that's natural. It's a natural chemical within us, mm -hmm. uh, where our serotonin and our endorphins are natural. Yeah. That's, what's going to help us. Yeah. But we think that the medication that stimulates that and changes it and tries to alter what we're really truly feeling yeah. is the route to go. So yeah. what I had actually did is I did research and I was like, okay, so let's find out what the ebb and flow is, the ups, downs, the crying, the tantrum, tantrums, all of that. When do they happen the most? And I had noticed that as females, when we menstruate, you have to get control. Some of us have severe menstruation, some of us don't. Mm -hmm. Being an ex-athlete, remember how we're just conditioned to play whether we're on our period yeah, or not, right. we just go, 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 no matter what. right? So yeah. that was something that I um, realized mm -hmm. that I didn't have that normal like period, my period was just this there. And, and believe it or not, that's actually when the chemical balance is taking place, the cleansing of your body. Mm -hmm. And then also you're getting different re-ups and serotonin and testosterone. And yeah. So I studied that. I actually studied and said, okay, so what's, what's going to work for me? Mm -hmm. And realized that having been um, an athlete, that there was a lot of adrenaline. So the, what I thought was anxiety was actually an adrenaline rush. Right. So if you're used to running up and down the court, how many miles in one, in a game you like run? Eight miles. Eight miles, miles in a game. How many minutes you, and then you and, Yeah. And then you have that adrenaline rush. That, that is a chemical imbalance. Yeah. So as you get older and if you sit on your little rump and you don't do anything, all of that adrenaline is built up Bottled and up. it's anxiety. Exactly. So my anxiety was not what I thought it was, it was anxiety from adrenaline. Yeah. And I learned that, okay, get up off the couch and let's see what you can do now. You got to uh, exert some energy. Yeah. And I know we, we've spoken about that yeah. too, as far as just being, being aware of that first and foremost yeah. and understanding, I think that's when you said that there was like a little alarm, like ping mm -hmm. that went off my brain, like, oh, okay. That makes sense because for me, I have to do some type of movement, even right. if it's just going for a walk or doing yoga at my house or going and doing a hard workout. Um, but I, it makes me wonder how many people out there may also be having anxiety and may be, come from like an active background, whether That's it's right. you're an athlete or maybe you were a runner and now you're not That's really right. doing as much. Like for me, I work from home, so I'm sitting in the same spot all day. Yeah. And if I don't get up and do something, it's like I just have all this bother. I'm like, 
a shaken up bottle of soda yeah. and yeah. like something has to be released yeah. at some point <laughs> well working at home so that is another thing um can be a mental illness yeah so prior to the pandemic i had worked at home for eight years and really? i developed a phobia agoraphobia really from yeah outside yeah really? my husband used to have to tell me you've been in the house for seven days now uh, i was very comfortable in my existence yeah so you can wow. and then my vitamin d had dropped because i didn't have um sun sunlight or mm -hmm. you know so there's various things that you're going to have to do for your mental health to make sure that you are you know keeping yourself happy you you have to did did you know that you have to get some sunlight? Yes, you should okay. be getting a so that, minimum ten yeah, minutes a day. I that's think right. Is. Actually, mm -hmm. and the best time to get it is between the hours of ten a.m. and three p.m. Interesting. And okay. it does increase. So did, a lot of African Americans are vitamin D is is it's the worst deficient. part. Yeah, it's yeah. deficient. Yeah. So that is important. So you know, being mentally strapped into a house prior to pandemic. And then after pandemic, it was like, wow, this is great. We, we don't, I, I never, it didn't bother me. Right. So, you know, working up, you know, prior to the pandemic and all that, though, I think the best thing that I could have ever did, Ashley, was really take a deep look at me and find out who I was. Not just from a mental perspective, but physical, spiritual, mental. And sometimes, you know, we keep, we have, we always seek out people, people for their advice, right? Sometimes you have to sit in it. You ever heard your grandmother say, mm -hmm. you got to sit in that mess. Mm -hmm. You got to sit in it. Mm -hmm. And you have to really, really spend some quiet time and, and allow yourself to, to talk to yourself and, and get quiet and, and meet God in the quietest moment so that you can start to fix some things. Mm -hmm. and, and it's hard. Yeah, it's intimidating. Oh, it's, God, it's hard. It's hard to sit in, especially if you're at a place where you're already not mentally feeling mentally at your right. Yeah. That's, that's one of the hardest times to do that self-reflection where you're looking inward and saying, well, why do, why do I feel like this? And I think even earlier when you mentioned, I was at a point in life where I didn't like myself. And I think that mm -hmm. there are probably a lot of people out there that are at that point where maybe they don't like themselves, but they don't really know what to do. So I think you make such a great point with an emphasis on like, look in the mirror, try to understand, you know, why, why you're reacting to things in a certain way, maybe why certain relationships are like this. And you know, I'm, I'm a big um, proponent of therapy and I know mm -hmm. it's not for everybody, but yeah. I do think at least it's worth the try because Absolutely. if you're in a position where maybe you're not the best you, maybe you don't really like yourself, maybe other people don't like you either. Maybe you don't have friends that can kind of check you right. and like, right. you know, put you on track or give you a, a suggestion, but a therapist is always a neutral point where you can check in. So um, speaking of therapy, that's just one thing that can be in somebody's, I call it coping toolbox. Right, but absolutely. We, I talk a lot about coping toolboxes on, on mm. here. So <laughs> coping toolbox could kind toolboxes. of be, you have a big toolbox? Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. So what I would like to know is what is one thing that was in your coping toolbox 10 years ago in one thing that is in your coping toolbox now and the, the first thing can be something that maybe wasn't a healthy thing but what's something that was in your coping toolbox back in the day and then mm. one thing that you do like today mm. i say to my husband you know why i don't have high blood pressure because i face it head on right there i don't sweep it under the rug and i don't put chocolate icing on doo-doo 
And I don't build a picket fence around junk. I address it. So I'm bold. I face things that bother me. Yeah. Trauma, all kind of things. I'm 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 the kid that's a, the, that's uncomfortable, that makes the family uncomfortable because I'll ask my mom, you know, mom, I, what made you throw that bowl across the room that time? Like, yeah, I did, and I would ask, like, why why did the boys get treated better than the girls? Right. Trauma, and and why, honestly, why did you favor my sister? Was it because she was light skinned with long hair, and I was. I look like my dad. Mm. I faced a lot of questions. Oh my God. And in my family, I'm known as well, Nikki's gonna speak up and say it. Yeah. You know, my family knows ask Nikki. Nikki's gonna speak up and you know, when, when my mom got sick, have her talk to mom. She she'll just tell it like it is. Mm -hmm. And I learned to be bold and to to tell it like it is and to ask those questions. I I faced trauma. I didn't build I didn't sweep it under the rug. Right. So I learned how, however hard it was, there were crying sessions, there were cuss out sessions. Really, I'm, I'm being very honest with you. Yeah. But things, when people did things wrong or things that traumatized me and affect me, I, that affected me, I would ask, I would ask my mom, what, why, why did you, you know, always compare me to my father? Mm. And she just didn't like him. It, was that something that didn't allow you to like me as much because I look like him. I dance like him. I look like him. So I had to hear those things over and over again. So I faced them and I asked questions and, and I dealt with the things that hurt and I got answers to them. I didn't silence it or, or, you know, go to a family reunion and then I didn't push ask and push it aside or, but there were things like the light skin, dark skin, mama plays favorite, you know, ugly, tall, dark skinned, short head girl, opposed to the light skinned, long hair girl and, and within my own family. Yeah. 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 That, and that's, that's really, yeah. I think a lot of people probably share those same, mm. those same experiences. A lot of people probably share those same experiences. So I want to talk to you a little bit about like, what is your day look like? And I'm not necessarily talking about work, but what mm. are a few things that you do in your day? that make you feel, make you feel good. Wow. Mentally, <laughs> mentally good. Yeah. <laughs> so every day, um, when I wake up, uh, before my feet hit the ground, I'm, I'm thanking God. I'm in prayer. I'm in prayer and thanking God. I'm so grateful to God. I think that's what we talked about my happiness, but I think that that's what makes me happy the most is the most is because I can acknowledge that I'm so, so blessed to be, secure, not insecure, happy, not unhappy, um, just living life in its pure existence, even with some of the stuff that surrounds us that isn't all the happy, you know, things that, you know, you and I talk about, but just being thankful mm -hmm. um, to God, waking up um, and being thankful, but then also not being afraid to get out into nature. Like I told you, I used to take a five mile walk or I'll get on the bike and I'm not lazy and I love to get on my bike or, you know, take that long walk. And 
during my walk now i've made it an adventure so i have pictures of um you know we live in tampa so alligators today i saw some turkeys nice. to met today i met an old uh caucasian couple uh denny and joanne mm -hmm. and we talked about just our ability to be so free and be able to get up and walk in a beautiful neighborhood mm -hmm. and they shared that moment with me so i'm always trying to look at that moment mm -hmm. where are we at in that moment living i mean in moment. living in that moment right and enjoying that right. the fact that i got to see a eight foot alligator today Ooh. <laughs> i don't know if everybody's jealous of that moment but i think the fact yeah. that you can live in the moment and you know make sure that you're present and yes. open i think that does open yourself up to mm -hmm. receiving other positive energy you know yeah I, I don't think things are always positive every day, yeah. but I think the fact that you can wake up and at least kick off your day with a few really just great routines, yep. you know, the thankfulness, exercise, yeah. water. Yeah. I, I fill up a, a glass and I go through three glasses, uh, 12 ounce glasses of water mm -hmm. because again, that's part of our, our health that we're not recognizing, but yes. guess what? <laughs> you gotta have that water to flush out yeah and keep everything moving in the right direction so definitely water meditation mm -hmm. um the key to happiness believe it or not is meditation and a lot of people go oh, what meditation sitting mm -hmm. there by all this meditation can be what you want it to be yes and i don't think people realize that i didn't realize that and i i struggled with the, I avoided meditation for a really long time because I always felt like I can't sit there. My brain is always <laughs> running and I'm the person that has to have music on or a right. podcast playing right. or a TV on. I don't really like the quiet. And a lot of people say, you should sit in the quiet. Yeah, sometimes. But when I sit in the quiet, that's when my brain mm -hmm. goes 50 yeah. miles an hour. So yeah. it's weird. Like I need a little bit of outside yeah, it could be what you want, you, And it. you can create that. So yeah. meditation for me, um is really sitting at my desk in my beautiful office and i've got assigned you know positive affirmations uh, this is your day you can do it you know superwoman you know just things like that and i read each one of them mm -hmm. every single day i sit there and i go through and there was reasons why i put that there so in that moment i'm sitting there and i'm just really affirming everything that um, is on my heart, that's in my mind and in my spirit. Um, so that's my meditation period. And then really kind of charging the day to really see what, what lies ahead, planning. Um, that's, that's part of my meditation too, is kind of downloading from yesterday and uploading what's got to go into the day. So again, meditation, um, you, it can be what you create. You yeah. know, so, but it is eight factors that promote the production of happiness within your hormones. Yeah. So I would like to state a couple if I could. Yeah. So one is exercise. So you and I, we smile a lot because we get some great exercise. And um, I think I go, what, four, I, I try to go four days out the week. And, you, you know, we, you, we do like four minimum. I feel yeah. guilty if I don't do four. <laughs> and then partaking in fulfilling activities that put a smile on your face. And that might be just looking at some old photos in, in, in your phone, or that might be just uh, writing a letter or, or, or calling somebody up. Yeah. We don't do that anymore. Texting somebody. Right. And this will make you laugh. And 
I got to stay away from this, but eating chocolate. Did mm. you know that, that that actually, yes. in moderation, of course, but yes. if you eat chocolate, that's going to fulfill some happy hormones. Mm -hmm. And then focusing on any food that's high in um, amino acids. Mm -hmm. So we talk about diet a lot. Yeah. Because recently I just lost 25 pounds. Yes. Woo, woo. Come, Nikki. So um, that's important to me mm -hmm. is eating the right foods and having that gut you know, our gut health is important. Yes, it is. And it, I it didn't affects, learn that. Yeah. It, it also has, I'm, I'm not a nutritionist, but it does play a part in anxiety. So oh my God, it does. What you're eating, maybe making you anxious. I know I talked about in the last episode, mm -hmm. coffee, and especially if you're throwing a lot of coffee mm -hmm. into your body and you already have anxiety. I was doing that. I highly suggest that you bring down the coffee yeah. because it, it, it's just like pouring gas into a burning fire. Right. And the fire is your anxiety. So, Or how about sugar? Yeah, sugar. And salt. Yeah. So the way that I lost 25 pounds is I cut out the sugar, the salt, and all dairy. Okay. And people are like, how did you do that? It was very easy, especially when I started seeing the weight come off. Yeah. So it was it's not exciting. easy for me. <laughs> yeah, but it was exciting. And then here's something that we don't do a lot of as African-Americans, I don't know why, but we're not very PDA, but if you're hugging or kissing a loved one, yeah, that brings happiness. Yeah. I think that's, a, that's an interesting point. And I don't think anybody's brought that up is having, I, I think part of that is just having people around you that you're comfortable enough to do that. And mm. maybe being, you know, growing up, was that a lot of, like when I was growing up, my family, I love my family. We're just not super lovey-dovey. Yeah. Now, my husband, <laughs> when wow. I met him, he is like on the opposite side yeah. of the spectrum. So His my family husband. is on the opposite side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. They're very touchy-feely, huggy. I love you. I love yeah. Yeah. Like words of affirmation yeah. all the time. All the time. Um, so it's very different. And that's something that I crave because I feel like I just didn't have yeah. much of it growing up. I love you, family. Mom, don't call me. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, after this. But um, I did want to segue into our mind game segment. Sure. So, Nikki, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but our mind game segment is a segment of the show that I basically um, read a read a read a definition of a mental okay. disorder. So you can guess if you want to, but you got to wait till the end. Um, for anybody that's listening, you can guess uh, there. If you're listening on Spotify, there's actually a poll that should be popping up or has already popped up. You can go ahead and put the answer that you think the answer to the mind games question in there. And if you get it right, I'll pin it at the top. So what I'm going to do is read this definition. It's pretty long, so bear with me. <laughs> but you get to guess what mental disorder this is. Sure. All right. Here we go. So. This mental disorder is a rare mental disorder that results in people feeling outside of their body. It can include feelings like things outside of them aren't real. Uh, common symptoms include feeling completely numb to sensations or emotions, feeling disconnected to the mind and body, experiencing detachment from past memories or experiences, believing that your body and limbs are distorted, feeling extreme awareness of your surroundings, perceiving recent events as events that happened a long time ago, seeing surroundings through a distorted lens. So that could be like a two-dimensional lens or larger than life, or maybe even colorless. Um, this is uh, 
unlike other psychotic disorders, people that are struggling with this particular disorder um, have insight into their experiences. So many of them fear that something is actually wrong with them, which is interesting. Other mental disorders, people may not have that kind of outside insight mm. into what's actually happening. So these people are very aware that something is something is going wrong. Um, only 2% or around 2% who have experienced this um, a, a dissociative episode actually meet the criteria for this mental disorder. Um, there's lots of risk factors for this disorder, uh, but it's largely associated with trauma, both in childhood and adulthood. Mm. And it can also come from persistent stress and grief and drug use can trigger these mm -hmm. symptoms. So Mickey, do you um, have any guesses? Borderline personality disorder or schizophrenia. That's what that, those are your guesses? Mm -hmm. Okay, those are good guesses. I'll give everybody a couple more seconds. Throw out your guesses. Like I'm a psychologist. Use, <laughs> Use Dr. Google. <laughs> All right, so the answer to this mind game is depersonal, depersonalization slash derealization disorder, Ooh. better known as DDD. DDD, okay. So this it's a really interesting one because people can actually have, uh, they're aware that this experience is happening to them. Wow. It's not normal, which is, I believe with things like schizophrenia, people aren't as aware. Yeah, they don't that have the they, insight they that they're these, in it. Yeah. You know, so interesting, right? Yeah. Oh, I have <laughs> to look that one up. That's interesting. Yeah. So I will put the link to this mind game answer to the in the description. Um, if you're listening and you haven't, uh, if you're listening, of course, after we're doing the live stream, just remember that we are doing live stream episodes of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2 on Bullhorn. You can go to bullhorn.fm or you can download the Bullhorn app and follow Black Girls Have Anxiety 2 on there. Then you'll be notified whenever we do any live episodes. Um, you, the perk is that if you tune into the live episode, you're actually going to listen to the episode before everybody else does because usually these episodes take a couple weeks to drop. You not only can push out one episode every two weeks. So if you hop into the live episode, then you actually get the sneak peek into the episode before everybody else does. So make sure you download Bullhorn, follow Black Girls Have Anxiety too. Come in, you can chat. Some people call in, um, ask us questions, participate in polls. You can answer the mind games live. So um, yeah, let's go ahead and hop back into the episode. So I like that. Yeah. That spices things up. Thank I think, you. Wow. <laughs> you know, I'm going to look that one up, but. Interesting, yeah, right? Very interesting. Yeah. DDD is, um, there's a lot of interesting, um, interesting information yeah. out there about it. Um, so one thing I wanted to kind of ask you about is like, when is the last time we talked about risk taking and the importance of risk taking, oh, yeah. particularly for black women. And I know, um, Nikki, it, I think Nikki didn't give herself enough credit in the beginning. Nikki is a superstar. She is a professional, okay? So she is running things. And um, I know she's giving me quite a bit of advice on how to navigate, um, you know, corporate as yeah. a Black woman. But when it comes to risk, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in careers, like how important is risk taking for you? Okay, so... I am here in mm -hmm. Tampa, Florida, because I took a huge risk. Um, so I suffered from some trauma. My my mom passed away 
Um, yeah, April uh, 23rd of 2022. So her, so here it is, what, tomorrow's the 20th. So mm -hmm. what do you think I'm going to be like in a couple of days? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So her death anniversary, two year anniversary is coming up. And um, I ended up taking care of my mom um, in the last six months of her life. And um, it was so profound and so deep within my spirit. Because remember, I shared with you, I wasn't the favorite one, but I always knew. Mm -hmm. See that empathical spirit of mine. I always knew that I was going to end up taking care of mother. I did. I just knew it. And me and my husband went and got her from California and we brought her back to, to, to uh, Jacksonville, Florida, where I was before I relocated here. And I gave her the best days of her, her last six months. I, I, you know, there's a, a statement in the Bible that says, honor thy father and thy mother and thy days will be long. So I'm biblical and I followed that and uh, not, not wanting anything from it. But um, after my mom passed away, I just could not stay in Jacksonville. I, I needed a reset. And so me and my husband worked for a very large corporation called HCA. I had been there for several years and really had, kind of peaked out in my career. I wasn't going where I needed to go. And I was like one of the top recruiters in the nation. And it was just incredible. And I was like, Lord, I just need more. And I need to do more. And I took a risk. We sold everything and we relocated to Tampa. That was a huge risk because yeah. I left a place where I had raised my kids for 18 years. And I moved to Tampa, a city that was only three hours away, but I knew nothing about and we took a big risk and I left my job of seven, eight. Well, I had been there for nine years. I left yeah. and I started over and I went back into technology and I doubled my salary. So not only did I feel like taking that risk helped me financially, mm -hmm. but it also let me know that, okay, you can do some things. You set out a path to uh, take some risk, mm -hmm. sold everything, came here. And I think the biggest blessing that we um, have faced is not only has my salary not only doubled, but tripled this year. Mm -hmm. I told you that, and we're going to talk about that in some podcasts of how we need to yeah. ask for what we're worth. Yes. <laughs> but um, me and my husband have the absolute uh, pleasure of building our dream home. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so excited about that because you know, as a black couple, uh, an executive in the world, you, you know, we all want that American dream. And what is the American dream? But when you work hard and you feel like, you know, you deserve something like my husband served the United States Navy for almost 22 years. And, um, you know, he deserved that. He deserved his country. I worked my butt off. And so now we're building our dream home. And it's, boy, my God, it, it's a risk. Yeah. It's like you, you, you're learning something, you're a fish out of water. Um, so relocating, taking a new job. He, he took a new job, starting all over, meeting new people like yourself, uh, getting into a new community. Tampa is very different from Jacksonville. It's very progressive, um, eclectic, and, and the water is so much better. I'm absolutely in love with the beaches here yeah. <laughs> and really just taking a risk. Yeah. And being okay about it. Yeah. I, I, you know, we had tragedy, girl. I, I, I'll have to invite you and uh, your husband over. But when we got here, the devil was fighting against us. We, we, uh, the first house that we had, this is actually the second one. Oh, wow. The first house we had was the house from hell. And I'll have to tell you about that one. Oh, yeah. It was, oh it gosh, was beautiful on the outside, but 
we took a risk mm-hmm. and, and and we and, and the devil was fighting against us. I'm gonna tell you that because sometimes when you're trying to get your blessing, that you got to break down a whole bunch of barriers. But once we stood up to it, mm-hmm. and it actually brought me and my husband closer together, we were really in it and we felt like wow that pulled us together because mm-hmm. we saw that you know you i got you you got me yeah. and i'm talking one time the the whole sewer system backed up into the house and he was on his way back from bringing a load and i'm swishing the water and crying and he's on the road and he couldn't get to me and and i'm just thinking about hey, there's nothing that's going to stop me mm-hmm. this is a minor setback but my mind and my spirit because I went through therapy, by the way. Mm-hmm. I went through uh, 10 weeks of grievance counseling Wow. when my mom died. So wow. remember how you talked about therapy? Yeah. So I was uh, in such a, even though I grieved the death of my mom, I had mentally come to grips with it because I did the grievance counseling. Mm-hmm. Every two two hours a week, wow. Karen Painter. Thank you, Karen. But, <laughs> shout uh, out to Karen. Yeah, shout out to Karen <laughs> Painter and Fleming Island. But my God, it was... Uh, I was unstoppable. Yeah. Like tragedies. When I'm telling you tragedies that happened to us, uh, sewer backing up, uh, just a house coming to the house and it was masked off with a tent like they were painting oh and tur- it's her- it was crazy, but we survived it. Yeah. And now look where we're at. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I think that's a, a testament, like you said, to taking those risks and not and understanding like, Things may not always go Mm-mm. as you think, you know, as you hope they go. But I think it's really important, like you said, to take those risks. So as far as like advice that you have for maybe people um, that are listening to this podcast, what's one piece of advice that you would have for somebody that is maybe there's something, maybe they're about to buy a house, maybe they're yeah. about to, maybe they've gotten offered for a new job, or maybe they're about to have a baby, or maybe. The risk is just like maybe they're scared to leave the house and that's their risk. Like, what advice do you have? Oh my God. I'm going to quote my husband. Okay. I absolutely love this man because, oh, I used to fight him. That's what made me strong. But my husband, um, when I met him, um, he's a very happy person. He wakes up happy. He's happy and he's suffered, you know, been on ships, uh, missed a lot of time in life because he was away defending our country while you and I were having fun. He was stood the watch for us and when I first met my husband he noticed a little bit of the anxiety and he uh gently approached me and he used to ask me and he just used to just just say this statement to me he goes he goes Michelle you know he likes to use the legal name (laughs) Michelle every day can't be bad come on every day just can't be bad like come on you got to help me out. You got to find some good in something. And that just plays, he just, I've told him how much that has had such an effect on me because the advice I would give to people that are listening is that you choose to make your day. You choose to turn it around when things go wrong. You choose to get out of mourning when that death has happened. You choose the time the place and the energy to exuberate anger, happiness, joy, sadness. And it's okay to allow you to experience those emotions. That's what I learned about the medication. It masks your ability to cry and be angry. 
I have to be honest with you and tell you, sometimes it's okay to scream and say, damn it. Or it's okay to cry when you're sad. That is a natural reaction that that God gave us. Tears, joy. It's like this. You ever see a lemon and your mouth waters? Mm -hmm. Like you see the lemon and you know that lemon (laughs) makes your mouth water. Or you see a... um, those little poppy seeds, the little things you want to blow it, mm-hmm. it's a natural reaction. We have to allow ourselves to get back into the natural of us. Yeah. It's okay to be sad. It's okay. And yeah. it's okay to cry. It's okay to be mad. Yeah. yeah. So I live each day in the moment. If I'm sad, I'm sad. If I'm mad, I'm mad. And I'm not going to mask those emotions and again, I tell my husband, that's why I don't have high blood pressure because I live in that moment and I get it, out, get it out and I don't carry it into tomorrow. Each day is a new day. It's a clean slate. Um, that's how I lost the weight too. Even when I would fall off and, you know, not be on the program, I would start all over. Mm-hmm. Shoot, some days, Monday would be the victory day. Okay, let's just start all over. Mm-hmm. But there's points that we have to take a risk, Ashley. We have to take a chance. And you and I talked about this. The hardest part is getting started. But mm-hmm. once you do, you just keep going and going. Like I crave, like if we miss a day, I think we're both, we yeah. hold each other accountable. <laughs> but if we miss a day, we're like, oh my God, I, girl, I was out Monday, Tuesday, uh, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I got to make up yeah. for it. So you crave yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So take risk and um, live in the moment and, and be you. Yes. Live it out. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, we're going to wrap this up. The last question I have for you, if you could roll the the clock back, Mm -hmm. let's roll it back all the way to like 15 year old Nikki. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to 15 year old Nikki? Mm -hmm. I love that. I would actually tell her, you know what? I like you. Mm -hmm. I spent so much time not liking me. Um, and I really love me now, but I would tell her, I really like you. You're a cool kid. You have so much going for yourself. You, um, you love the Lord. Um, and I would do more positive talking than that negative. Oh, you're so tall. You're so flat chested. You're so this, you look like a boy. You, you know, we, 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 we break ourselves apart. And I see a lot of um, people doing that now. Like I spent some time with my nieces mm-hmm. um, like maybe three weekends ago. And I saw a lot of insecurity, a lot of habits. The wind was blowing and they were, oh, my hair. And the wind was blowing where I'm just like, the wind's blowing. And I'm yeah. like, oh. you know, they're oh, my hair, you know. So a lot of insecurity, a lot of things that um, that I didn't like about me, I would go back and tell uh, me. I really like you. You're you're okay, and you're gonna be great mm-hmm. as time goes on. Life is gonna deal you some hands that you're not gonna be able to play, but that's okay. You're gonna switch the hand and become a great chess player. Mm. So I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Well, that was awesome. Oh, I've got so many uh, so many quotes from this episode, um, Nikki. I just want to thank you for thank you. taking the risk. And hopping on the podcast with me, I think this has been uh, an amazing episode. I appreciate you being vulnerable and opening it up, opening up your house to us, but also 
opening it up, opening up your heart and just being able to kind of talk about the things that you've been through. And I think that this episode will help a lot of people. I so hope so. I appreciate you. That is my goal. That is my desire. Yes. And hopefully you can come back. On Absolutely. Get you back on a few Absolutely. more times. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. I actually love helping people. That's uh, my life's journey. And thank you so much for having me. I got to know a little bit about you too. I, I thought you were shy, but extremely <laughs> articulate and poised. And um, oh, it's you. been a great journey. And I'd love to take it with you again. Yes. So you. Yes. You're always welcome back. We'll definitely, um, you know, we're going to find another, right. another day to oh. record, but um, thanks again, Nikki. And thank you to everybody that has tuned in to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. I appreciate you all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing with your friends. Um, thank you for sharing with your family. The amount of people that are tuning in is growing all the time, which is super exciting. Um, yeah, I just appreciate all your support. If you are interested and you want to come on the podcast and maybe talk about your own mental health journey, uh, go to the description of the episode, reach out to me. You can either send me a DM on Instagram or send an email. Um, if you aren't following us on Instagram, make sure you're following us at Black Girls Have Anxiety too. Nikki, is there maybe an email if somebody wants to reach out Absolutely. to you? Yeah. Um, I am at uh, Nikki, N-I-C-K-E-E-313 at Gmail. Again, it's N-I-C-K-E-E-313 at Gmail. Reach out to me. I just, I really love the fellowship with women and, you know, give resources, advice. I, I feel like I'm a wise person at 54, traveled the world and really have some, um, you know, some life journeys to share. And then mm -hmm. maybe even um, let some people share some things with me. I'm interested yeah. in growing and learning too, as well. And just loving on black women more than we do. That's, that's my commitment too, is to just really love each other and be there for each other. So reach out if you've got questions or comments or anything. And yeah, yeah. definitely. And Nikki's email will be in the description. So if you want to reach out to her, please do. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. No matter where you are in the world, I really appreciate your support. See you again on the next episode, but until then, follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Have Anxiety 2 and on Twitter at Anxious Black Girls. That's Anxious BLK Girls. And remember, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you have to struggle in silence. The more we talk about it, the more we heal.